Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the USDA's April WASDE reports. Also, we'll hear from Canadian Pork Council Chair Rick Bergman. CFA Vice President Keith Curry will join us to comment on yesterday's federal budget announcement. And up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Tim Sopuck with the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation has approved another round of grants. Here is Trust Grants Manager Tim Sopak. We're really pleased that uh, the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation Board of Directors approved $7.5 million in grants going to 13 local watershed districts to support uh, watershed conservation under their, uh, what they call their GROW program, Growing Outcomes in Watershed. So, um, Corey, this is an increase of over $2 million from last year for these kinds of projects. And uh, for, for these uh, particular grants, what, what can the money be used for? Uh, they're really focused on watershed plan objectives that have been established by each of these districts. So... Every district has a plan that establishes priorities to try to improve, you know, manage things like flooding or, and, and these projects uh, can, or sorry, this funding can go directly to projects to address those situations. Any projects that you wanted to, to highlight here today? Or? Um, well, the big winner on this year, the Assiniboine West Watershed District uh, is receiving a little over $1.6 million for their grow conservation projects. Uh, they have a, a real diversity of programs going on, and uh, it merited a significant level of funding. We get closer to the Red River Valley, um, East Inner Lake Watershed District is receiving just under $300,000 to work on projects that are on the uh, east side of Lake Winnipeg. And a little further south in the uh, west side of the Red River Valley, the Red Boyne Watershed District is receiving about $425,000 uh, for work that they do, and I think they're focused a little bit more on the on the Boyne River watershed uh, with their projects. So, uh, quite a good spread across the province. I guess this is the uh, the final uh, announcement for this year, or the final announcement from this yeah. year. That's right. And uh, with the two announcements we've had this year together, uh, it's ten point three six million dollars going into conservation projects in Manitoba. Anything else to highlight here, Tim? Or well, since we started with the trust, so the revenue started rolling from the trust in 2019, a total of $28.4 million has been committed to conservation projects in Manitoba. And so, you know, that's all new money, and uh, there's a lot of organizations, Manitoba-based groups, that are doing really good conservation work with it. That was Tim Sopak. He's the Trust Grants Manager with the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is reacting to Thursday's federal budget announcement. Here's First Vice President Keith Curry. Well, certainly significant spending. And while there wasn't a lot of uh, announcements specific for agriculture through the budget, or new announcements, I should say, we do have to recognize that, you know, we had announcements like the billion dollars in new funds uh, under the emissions reduction plan announced last week, which is directly to agriculture. So that that was encouraging to see that, that the government's recognizing that agriculture can play uh, uh, a role in, uh, in emissions reduction going forward. 
Manitoba Pork held its 57th annual general meeting Wednesday in downtown Winnipeg. Here's General Manager Cam Dahl. We talked a little bit about the, the strategic direction for, for Manitoba Pork. Um, you know, some of the things like, uh, like public trust, uh, like how we engage with producers and, and, you know, maybe some of those groups that we haven't talked with as much in the past, like the, the small producers, but they have, you know, such an impact on biosecurity. How we're engaging with government. Uh, the things that we're doing to to help ensure long-term fiscal uh, prosperity for for the industry, you know, things like access to capital and labor, and some of the key key issues facing uh, facing producers today. Dr. Ryan Brook at the University of Saskatchewan also provided an update on the wild pig situation across the prairies. And prairie farmers are being asked to take part in a grains contract survey. Jeff Backman with the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission says they're looking to find out how the drought of 2021 impacted producer operations and contracts. Farmers will have the opportunity through this survey to provide their input into future policy and advocacy efforts uh, conducted by the commissions. Uh, the results of these surveys are going to be used to help guide future decisions and to illustrate to policymakers just how large an impact the uh, 2021 drought was in some regions. The survey is available on the Alberta Wheat and Barley website and will close at midnight tonight. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, April 8th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Port Council Chair Rick Bergman. And uh, first, Canadian Federation of Agriculture Vice President Keith Curry will stop by to comment on yesterday's federal budget announcement. The Government of Canada announced its budget for 2022. Keith Curry is Vice President with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Well, certainly significant spending, and while there wasn't a lot of uh, announcements specific for agriculture through the budget, or new announcements, I should say, um, we do have to recognize that, you know, we had announcements like the billion dollars in new funds uh, under the emissions reduction plan announced last week, which is directly to agriculture. Um, so that, that was encouraging to see that, that the government's recognizing that agriculture can play a, play, uh, uh, a role in, uh, in emissions reduction going forward. Uh, certainly, some monies towards the National Trade Corridors Fund was welcome, uh, and, and uh, almost $780 million uh, in the Environment and Climate Change Canada for the Nature Smart Climate Solutions Fund was definitely welcome. Uh, so, so there was tidbits throughout the, the budget that uh, we're encouraged by, and we need to dive into a little deeper to see exactly uh, how they're all going to roll out. But. Uh, overall, I think uh, we did get some, some funding that was encouraging, generally speaking, and so we'll, we'll go from here. We also saw some money towards helping um, temporary foreign workers, helping that program. Uh, your thoughts on, on that? Oh, very much welcome. Uh, certainly, uh, with respect to Minister Qualtrough's announcement early in the week, uh, which is geared primarily towards the, the processing industry and, and beyond the farm gate. But certainly we need that desperately as primary agriculture. We need that part of uh, the agri-value chain uh, to, be, to be healthy. And they are really, really uh, struggling with labor woes. And so that announcement was very encouraging, and, and we're, we're happy to see it. And uh, hopefully we can also, through, the, uh, through the, what we've been working on the roundtables, uh, figure out a way we can accomplish uh, better labor uh, impact on, on primary agriculture too. And a big focus of the budget um, was just to, to get the supply chain moving again. Um, your thoughts on, on where that's at? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the $450 million over five years into the National Trade Corridors Fund is a, is a great start. Um, it, while it's a lot of money, uh, I don't know how, I don't know what kind of an impact $450 million will have on such a big issue, but it's a start. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, we're encouraged to see that they recognize that the uh, that, uh, supply chain issue is one that needs to be dealt with. We're, we're happy to get started on that and have those, have those conversations going forward with the government. Anything else stand out for you? Um, no, we're, we're uh, still, I, like everyone else, we're still diving through the budget. I mean, first blush, there's even an announcement of uh, uh, the next policy framework, and, and uh, we're continuing to seek out uh, how that's going to look and how it's going to be funded. Uh, so it's kind of a stay tuned thing. That was Keith Curry, Vice President with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, commenting on yesterday's federal budget announcement. Manitoba Pork held its 57th annual general meeting in downtown Winnipeg this week. Rick Bergman is chair of the Canadian Pork Council. It's been too many years, so it's great to see uh, the fellowship that's happening here at the Manitoba Port Council AGM. Great to see people that we haven't seen for several years, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a great time right now. I just wanted to touch on a couple of points you made here today. I guess first off, you, you mentioned Canada's only 2% of, of world production. Um, you know, just, just what does that mean for, for producers here um, as far as being sharp and, and just competition? Yeah, so uh, there are some big, big uh, players in, in different countries. And like you said, we're, we're 2% of production worldwide. Uh, so we have to be vigilant. We, have to do, we don't have to be the biggest, but we've got to be the best. And th- we've got things in place, uh, tools in the toolbox for the farms, like the uh, CPE program and so on, to ensure that they've got a, a fundamental program that is great for building trust, great for uh, looking after the animal welfare the best they possibly can, and traceability and all these other good things that would be enhanced into ending up to be a great product on the plate of somebody, whether it's in Canada here or around the world. Give us a bit of an update on the Pork uh, Promotion Research Agency. What's been happening there? Yeah, it's been a long quest. We've been at it for about nine years or so, and it is active. We've had an AGM already uh, for that organization. That organization organization is going to be able to bring funds in uh, that will help establish the uh, continued um, encouragement of of, uh, pork consumption and promotion here in Canada. And as well, it'll really also help producers with research and development ideas that would enhance their farm practices. Um, ASF, a big topic here today. Uh, you just talked about the, the importance of prevention. Um, you mentioned spending millions to save billions. Just talk about the, what's been happening there in terms of uh, uh, preparedness. Yeah, so an awful lot of preparedness on the focus of biosecurity. And, uh, and for an example, the, the dogs that are in some airports here within Canada have been instrumental in uh, sniffing out a contraband product coming into Canada and that has, um, that's a great way to prevent uh, foreign animal disease entering into our country. So that would be an example of some of the work on the, on the biosecurity side. Wild pigs, uh, we're going to hear a bit more about that shortly, but um, you know, what's the concern there? 
Yeah, so you know, we see where um, a few can turn into many very quickly, and, and now, again, the example today where there are more wild pigs in Texas than people, that's an alarming statistic. Uh, to the fact that uh, they are very difficult to control and, and frankly eradicate. So we do have populations speckled across our country and uh, I'm encouraged to know that people are focused on uh, having these dealt with before they become a problem to not only in, in, in the efforts of on the pork side but on for grain farmers, for society in general, these are very ruthless animals that are uh, creating a lot of damage in different ways. You also touched on uh, labor here today. Some of the issues there, uh, temporary foreign worker program. Um, what's what's been happening there? Yeah. So the recent announcement uh, by the government in regards to the temporary foreign workers program is welcome. It gives an opportunity for our sector to gain more popular or more more influence and in getting more uh, labor into Canada from other parts of the world and that's an exciting thing because we've seen the success of the individuals that have come to Canada in the past and now we have again an opportunity to to expedite that as well as have more of these folks come in so uh, that's good news for us and uh, finally um, wanted to touch a little bit on the environment some of the uh, initiatives there yeah so environment is critical for all of us in Canada and of course the pork sector also realizes it's it's uh, it's a focal point. Uh, we really feel that we're part of the solution in many ways and uh, we, we encourage others to have the, like ourselves, to have conversations within government in different circles to tell our story and to help understand uh, other perspectives but also again sh show some of the solutions that we've got in place already and again we want to work with government and, and society in, in, on this topic. That was Rick Bergman, chair of the Canadian Pork Council, speaking this week at Manitoba Pork's annual general meeting. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef and Forge Initiative is hosting grazing workshops April 12th to the 14th. Register on the MBFI website. A meeting takes place April 12th at the Northdale Farm site north of Brandon, April 13th at the Ericsdale Community Centre, and April 14th at the Grandview Kinsman Community Centre. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba is hosting spring meetings this month. One will take place April 13th at Canadins Portage La Prairie, April 19th at the Days Inn Winkler, and April 21st at the Pat Porter Active Living Centre in Steinbach. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st, Cost is $30. Register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. The USDA released its April WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Dan Bossy, president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. WASDE uh, was once again conservative. They left corn end stocks at 1.44 billion bushels. They did so by raising exports 25 and, uh, excuse me, raising ethanol demand. 25 million bushels to 5375, and then they cut feed residual. Exports stayed the same at 2.5 billion bushels, which relative to the pace that's established seems to be uh, somewhat of a misnomer. We think exports should have uh, room to grow. That being said, uh, they also adjusted the Ukrainian corn exports down by 4.5 million metric tons to 23, 
And, uh, again, USDA seems to be taking its methodology of not knowing when the war uh, will be over with. And so, accordingly, they're going to adjust every 30 days. And likely we'll see a number for Ukrainian corn exports get down to about 18. In general, they left uh, they dropped soybean uh, stocks by 25 million bushels to 260 million bushels. That's just 3 million bushels above last year. Uh, they, uh, they cut uh, seed use or they raised seed usage. And they also raised exports by 25 million bushels. Uh, so that number has got the market higher here at midday. Overall, uh, as you look at the Brazilian soybean crop, they've got uh, the crop coming down to 125 million metric tons. That's down two, leaving the Argentinian uh, soybean crop unchanged at 43.5. And finally, in the wheat side of things, not a lot of changes. Of course, the May report will be the big estimate there for wheat. Uh, but as we look at the world wheat end stocks, they were marginally higher because of uh, extra supplies within the Black Sea. But as we look at the United States, again, marginally higher there as there was a change in feed residual usage. They've left their their export estimate, or they dropped it slightly to 785. This gives us 678 million bushels of wheat in the United States, well below last year's 845, putting more importance on the new crop, the winter wheat crop that is now growing across the plain. In a general sense, uh, Corey, uh, the report was seen as neutral, but the Chicago Board of Trade is reacting bullishly as they look forward to the May report and also some cool, wet weather across the central U.S. and dryness across the plain. Are we seeing uh, seeding underway in the U.S.? We are seeing very little seeding underway. There may be a little scratching of the surface in places like Nebraska, maybe where it's dry, but here in the areas of the fat areas of the Midwest, it's too cold. Uh, we had snow this morning in portions of Illinois and Missouri, nothing that accumulated, but it's just uh, too wet and too cold, and the forecast doesn't offer a lot of hope for the next 10 days. That was Dan Bossy, president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago, recapping this morning's USDA April WASDE report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its April WASDE report this morning. Dan Bossy is president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. WASDE uh, was once again conservative. They left corn end stocks at 1.44 billion bushels, raising ethanol demand, 25 million bushels to 5375, and then they cut feed residual. Exports stayed the same at 2.5 billion bushels, which relative to the pace that's established seems to be uh, somewhat of a misnomer. We think exports should have uh, room to grow. Bossy says very little seeding has taken place so far in the United States. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is highlighting some of the items included in Thursday's federal budget announcement. Here's Vice President Keith Curry. Certainly some monies towards the National Trade Corridors Fund was welcome. Uh, Almost $780 million uh, in the Environment and Climate Change Canada for the Nature Smart Climate Solutions Fund was definitely welcome. So there was tidbits throughout the the budget that uh, we're encouraged by, and we need to dive into a little deeper to see exactly uh, how they're all going to roll out. Uh, Overall, I think uh, we did get some some funding that was encouraging, generally speaking, and so we'll, we'll go from here. The drought of 2021 had a major impact on crop production. The Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission is wrapping up a grains contract survey and is looking for producer input from across the prairies. Jeff Backman is manager of business development and markets. We're looking to really capture um, some of the financial impacts of the 2021 drought uh, from Western Canadian grain and oilseed farmers. Uh, We're looking for responses from all prairie farmers in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, 
from those who were heavily impacted by the drought of 2021 and those who managed to avoid the worst of the heat. The survey is available on the Alberta Wheat and Barley website and will close at midnight tonight. And it was announced this week that the governments of Canada and Manitoba are investing $2.2 million to modernize the Provincial Animal Health Laboratory Information Management System. LIMS is a computer-based information technology infrastructure that manages all laboratory animal disease diagnostic information and results generated by veterinary diagnostic services. Cam Dahl is General Manager of Manitoba Pork. We've seen throughout the PED pandemic how important our uh, diagnostic lab is. The demands on time and it's not just the pork industry for example. I, I know they're probably crossing their fingers that they don't have to deal with avian influenza, AI in, in birds, but I, you know that's, that might be coming and, and that to have that lab properly resourced and, and with the modern tools, it's a really good announcement. Manitoba Pork held its 57th annual general meeting this week in Winnipeg. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.